0: Hello, Fort Belvoir. Welcome to Belvoir to Know, the only podcast created especially for the Fort Belvoir community to help you stay in the know on the go. I'm Command Sergeant Major Greg Kleinholz, your Garrison Command Sergeant Major. And I'm Colonel Josh Seagrave, your Garrison Commander.
1: Today's topic is. Beyond the Vaccine with the Fort Belvoir Community Hospital. The Fort Belvoir Community Hospital director joins us today to discuss the hospital's ongoing COVID support and other health and wellness programs available to the military, their families, and retirees. So welcome, Captain Judy. You helped the garrison launch our COVID town halls over a year ago and we are honored to have you join us on our new podcast format to continue to keep the Fort Belvoir community inside and outside the gates informed on all things health-related. So your time as a hospital director is coming to a close this summer. Um, Would you share with the audience what you're most proud of during your assignment as the director?
2: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, there's so much that's happened in the past 22 months. Obviously, the pandemic response has been a focus, but highlights for me really include the ongoing advancement and achievement of numerous civilian recognitions, such as cancer care accreditation, trauma accreditation, practice green health and baby-friendly certifications, and leapfrog reporting. Additionally, our graduate medical education programs are top performers among military and civilian programs nationwide, so we've kept those residencies going throughout all of this. While there's been a relationship between the hospital and the installation, I think the various issues that we've had to work together on have formalized some of our processes and integrated our teams to better support this community. So I'm really proud of that relationship that we've established. Um, And the staff has focused heavily on diversity and inclusion in an era of social injustice. Their ongoing and deliberate discussions have led to improved awareness and identification and removal of barriers here at Fort Belvoir. Bottom line, the mission's important, but it's the incredible people that I'm most proud of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, two things you mentioned. Uh, the first one is the accreditation. I think it, we may have been talking about it during a previous visit over at the vaccine clinic. I think that's obviously a really big deal um, for the hospital and then the NCR community in terms of military treatment facilities. But the second one that I like that you mentioned is diversity and inclusion. Really, that started or, or not, that particular event didn't start, but it's really just the way we see it it's a conversation starter and one that's not like a, it's not a one time event or not just a, an hour a week that you spend talking to your team, but it really kind of feeds right into what the Army calls the the people first strategy mentioned by the that the Chief of Staff and the Sergeant Major of the Army always talk about. It's, you know, we also talked about it during our extremism training last week directed by the, the SecDef and the Army. So I think that those are all good conversation starters and it really for us underscores the need to put people first build organizations on trust and values you know just uh, underpinned really by our oath to the constitution so really, really a lot of great accomplishments in the hospital um can you share a little bit about what's what's ahead for you and and sort of where you go from here
2: Oh, my goodness. So I don't want to disappoint a whole bunch of people who think that I have huge plans following my time here in Fort Belvoir.
1: Admiral. Um, (laughs) No,
2: sir. You know, like so many military families, the frequent moves and overseas assignments have been have been challenging. My husband, who's my high school sweetheart, has stepped back from a very successful career to ensure that our kids have the support and stability that they need. So I'm retiring at the end of this tour, and uh, we're going to get our youngest settled into his new middle school, and he'll be able to stay in the same school district and graduate all, you know, in in five years of stability in, in the same school district, and then Steve's going to pursue his second career and work on his golf game. So it's really my turn to support them.
1: Uh, don't don't tell the Sergeant major that uh, <laughs> he, he will be he will be involved uh, if you tell him something about the golf game. Uh, okay, well that hey that's great news. I, I think. Um, you know for you and your family and a little bit of stability after a, a tremendous a career that I know you've had in the Navy and then you know w- what a great way to uh, to finish up being the hospital commander so well done and, and uh, early congratulations to you. and hey. the
2: family. Who knew that a Navy person could retire after 31 years from an army installation so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right that's right fun fact you know Fort Belvoir 77% joint uh so not just army here and i think that that's a that's a great illustration of uh, the joint team that we have and the teamwork so you've led the hospital since the beginning of the pandemic and you know we're certainly not out of the woods yet but how can you describe how the hospitals evolved during the course of the pandemic over the last year
2: oh my gosh well you know we just this month earlier at the beginning of this month we came up on the anniversary of when we had that first patient, um, which was also the first case in the state of Virginia. So, you know, looking back, uh, the focus back then was on PPE and just preparing for a surge of inpatients that were gonna require critical care. Over the past year, the hospital has established mission and patient testing capability, implemented curbside testing and pharmacy operations, um, partnered with local health departments to ensure proper contact tracing, supported vaccine clinical trials, developed and implemented innovations to minimize exposure risk during necessary clinical care. Uh, We've prepared and delivered meals to personnel in quarantine and isolation with your team, sir, as we set up that facility for a while. Uh, We expanded the use of technology and virtual health to reach more patients. We cared for critically ill patients who were impacted by the disease, and we've been at the forefront of vaccinating our nation, all while continuing to provide necessary non-COVID care. What you might not know is that many of our staff have also been deployed to provide care throughout our nation, in hospitals, gyms, tents, community centers, and ships. We have a saying in Navy medicine: "World-class care, anytime, anywhere." And the joint staff of Fort Belvoir has really demonstrated its true meaning.
1: Wow, boy, that's a laundry list of accomplishments. <laughs> uh, just just to name a few, right? You can sort of you could sort of go <laughs> on. That's uh, uh, that's great. And I I think it's just a it's a it's a really good demonstration of, uh, of our joint team again and, and of the accomplishments that we've achieved through military treatment facilities over the last year throughout the pandemic. And so we've talked a lot about the new normal, and I know the hospital's been working hard to address the needs of the community, which you mentioned a little bit of, so just for a couple of minutes, I'd like to discuss some of the updates on the hospital's COVID response. First, really, we should talk about who's eligible to get the vaccine at the hospital.
2: Yeah, so that's the number one question right now. And I know that people get frustrated because we answer the question with as much information that we have, but it's really not the information that many people are looking for, right? And so right now, for those who are familiar with the DOD's population schema, we're currently vaccinating beneficiaries and personnel in tiers 1A, 1B, and 1C. These groups include healthcare and support personnel at military treatment facilities, as well as Garrison Emergency Services and Public Safety personnel, DOD frontline essential workers, critical national capabilities, and personnel preparing to deploy. It also includes beneficiaries 65 and older and beneficiaries age 16 to 64 with increased risk for severe illness as defined by the CDC. So that's where we're at right now. I know what people are really waiting for is when can they get the vaccine. So yeah. we'll get more information out about that as soon as we can.
1: Good. Uh, and so big a big group, although we're not to sort of everybody or general population yet, although very inclusive from those that you named, how, how do people make an appointment?
2: Great question. So some have been booking appointments through TRICARE Online if they have access to that system. We've also been reaching out to patients by phone and text. And I know sometimes I get calls from people who are like, what are these texts, are you spamming me? But if you get a call that identifies that it's from either Fort Belvoir or even Walter Reed asking about vaccine status, answer those those texts because they're very important. We've gone through patient um, systems to identify patients with those high risk categories that the CDC has defined and we're sending information out to them. It's blinded to other people. So um, the other people who are on those text strings don't know you know, it's, it's, it's individual responses, but it's a way for us to reach out and then contact them directly to schedule that vaccine. So some patients doing it on their own, others that we're reaching out to by phone and text. And then those who are eligible to receive their vaccine because of their job are scheduling really through their chain of command. So as you know, each unit on Fort Belvoir is designated a point of contact for scheduling through the garrison. And so as our, our vaccine supply increases, we can fully open access um, we're going to implement additional web-based scheduling tools, and we hope to get rid of some of those other processes. But, but in the meantime, as long as we have some restrictions on who can do that, um, we have to rely on the system that we have.
1: Uh, I think we're, I think we're doing you and the hospital team are doing a particularly good job. I think of not just working through the units, but then working through the beneficiaries. I'm just sort of hearing, you know, across Fort Belvoir from and in the community that that generally people are successful on scheduling and making appointments. So uh, two other things on the vaccine. What, what can folks anticipate during the vax- vaccination process? And then what are the side effects, if any, of the vaccines?
2: So I'll start off with saying that if you dress warmly because it's chilly outside and the process starts outside, to be sure to wear a t-shirt underneath whatever sweater or jacket that you have on. That's the number one request from my team at the site, it just makes it easier to give that shot. But patients should really arrive to the vaccine site with a mask, their CAC or their benefits card and a pen. Uh, The the process takes about 30 minutes to an hour. Really the steps include checking in at the tents outside while you're still in your car. You park and complete your paperwork to minimize, you know, time inside and the crowds and the gathering inside. Enter the clinic at the community center, complete a screening with a nurse, receive the shot and then wait for 15 to 30 minutes. Um, while you, you know, that includes your checkout time and, and making sure that your vaccine is documented in the medical record. So it's a very, very simple process. As far as side effects though, you know, it's given in the upper arm and some people are reporting pain, redness, swelling at the injection site. You may also experience some, some general illness like headaches, muscle pain, chills, tiredness, fever, or nausea. Side effects usually start within a day or two of getting the vaccine for those who have side effects, but they go away within a few days. We've also had a lot of people report that they had side effects with one shot, but not the other. So I just want to emphasize that if you if you had um, some sort of side effect with a shot, be sure to complete the series. It doesn't mean that you'll have it with the second shot.
1: Uh, that's a great point. Um, and for folks that don't know, the clinic is at the community center, just like we did the flu vaccinations earlier in the fall. And I'll tell you that Captain Judy's team that's over there did it. Has done and is doing an incredibly good job of maintaining distance and sanitation throughout the vaccine process. It's a we just happen to have that that asset on Fort Belvoir, and I think we're making great use of it distributing the vaccine to the community and the beneficiaries. So everybody should feel more than safe as you go through that vaccination clinic.
0: Uh, okay,
1: Sergeant Major, over
0: to you. Yes, sir. So, ma'am, as we are seeing the numbers of vaccinated people rise, which is great, because it's important for force protection and community health. Is COVID testing still available, and how can Belvoir residents and other beneficiaries get tested?
2: Yeah. So, uh, obviously, testing is is going to remain available. Um, it's an important part of not only patient care but but our mission. Um, set. But what I will tell you is that we've reduced it just a little bit based on the volume of testing now. So, our our requirements have gone down. And so, hours of operation, we're still doing curbside testing in that location near the emergency room entrance. The hours of operation are Monday through Friday, 0800 to 1600. Obviously, if somebody's symptomatic and they're seeking treatment, then we we have emergency room urgent care capability after hours and and we'll do testing according to whatever the symptoms are.
0: Uh, Yes, ma'am. I think it's good to hopefully watch the testing go down as people continue to get vaccinated. And I know I got both of my shots at the community center, my first and second dose, but in terms of the second dose, does it have to be at the same location as the first dose?
2: So, you know, that's, uh, I'm going to say this, when possible, yes. No, it doesn't have to, and we can certainly mix sites, but Um, In terms of trying to manage the supply system that we have, if we gave you the shot, we want to give you that second shot, we're counting on you coming back, and that helps with our numbers, But, but that's not a firm no. If for some reason you're unable to receive that second dose at the same location, just let us know, and we'll help coordinate when we can. The key is to really complete the series and ensure that it's documented in your medical record, so that's really our ultimate goal Um, The other piece about the, you know, first and second dose is if you get your first dose at one site and you choose to get another one at a second site, make sure that it's the same one. So, for example, if you got the Pfizer uh, vaccine, you need to get the second Pfizer one. Don't mix the Moderna and and Pfizer.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's, that's great. And what happens if I can't get my shot, my second shot before the date that's on the card that says, hey, your second dose is on a specified date? Is there any wiggle room there?
2: There is. So, um, the second dose should really be administered as close to the recommended date as possible, typically within a four-day window. But if the delay is unavoidable, the second dose can be administered up to 42 days after the first dose. You know, we're hoping for keeping within the window, but if you can't, then absolutely come back and get the second dose. The key is just getting that second
0: dose. Yeah, I think that's have some great feedback, and those are some of the questions that I've uh, heard around the community as well. So, thank you. Absolutely. Okay, uh, so uh,
1: just a couple more things. I, I want to hit uh, one topic just quickly, and it it kind of, you know, it's a question that's coming up a lot uh, about the holidays and, and summer and vaccinations. So if you just think in general terms about people that are vaccinated, how would you characterize vaccine Vaccinated individuals, does that allow for greater flexibility uh, visiting seniors, uh, senior citizens, or grandparents gathering with uh, family members? And, and I would say, you know, what are your thoughts on, hey, wearing a mask and social distancing uh, in terms of vaccinations and, and gatherings?
2: So that was a laundry list of questions. Let me see if I can get them all. So to start off, the COVID vaccines are effective at protecting you from getting sick, right? But we're still learning how vaccines affect the spread of COVID-19. Um, so after you've fully, been fully vaccinated against COVID-19, you should keep taking precautions in public places, like wearing a mask, staying six feet apart from others, and avoiding crowds. But if you've been fully vaccinated, you can gather indoors with fully vaccinated people without wearing a mask. With regards to seniors, though, and 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 greater flexibility with other family members, the answer is that you you can gather if everyone has been vaccinated, but there's still risk of transmission from vaccinated people. So it's important to know the status of everyone in that household, especially if somebody is high risk.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's great, great advice, and i I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so before we close out, are there any new services at the hospital or changes to services that the community should be aware of?
2: You know, we continue to reevaluate our visitation policy. I get a lot of calls about that. Yep. So we're relaxing restrictions where it's possible without placing our patients and staff at risk, right? So safety is gonna be key, both for the patients and the staff. So primarily the areas where we get the feedback is in OB and ER. And, and I just wanna assure people that we are looking at that regularly and um, we'll continue to tailor those, those policies to, to meet the needs of everyone. Um, the other hot topic is the vaccine availability we talked about that a while ago what i will tell you is we are finally seeing increases in the amount of vaccine that we're receiving and we anticipate opening access in the next few weeks i I don't want to make a promise on a certain date but but what people are seeing in the news uh, you know um, with regards to to vaccine sites opening up and having more availability um that uh, mirrors what's gonna happen here in the military treatment uh, facility as well. So um, I encourage people, the most up-to-date information on vaccines can be found at our, our hotline number that we have, that 517-231-7777, option one, or on Facebook.
1: Uh, that's great. That was a good way to encapsulate that. I think that I, I think that uh, when it comes to the vaccine and and gathering obviously it's still voluntary and so we would encourage folks to get it for sure when you become eligible but the other thing is that you the point that you made that i think is really a salient point and just to underscore that uh, just because the weather's changing doesn't mean the conditions of the pandemic have changed like we're still in a pandemic and so maintaining distance masks and hygiene remains critical to our success, really not only in DOD, but our success as a nation and in coming out the other side of the pandemic. So uh, really, really good point there. And then finally, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience?
2: So, you know, probably the most important thing is that the hospital is open and safe, and it's important for people to come for care that they need, whether that's preventive care or readiness care. Or, or or, they're having some issue with an illness or injury. So um, I know that there are some people who still, because of fear related to the pandemic, don't want to step foot inside the hospital. And I can assure you with all the mitigations that are in place, we are not seeing any spread of, of cases in the hospital. So it is safe to come here for care. So please don't avoid all of those uh, recommended treatments that are necessary as well as those readiness things that you need. I know ACFT is a big deal right now. There's a big push um, on ACFT. There's also on the Navy side, a big push for making sure that we all get our PHAs done so that we're ready for the PRT cycle that's coming up. And so we have the capacity to do those PHAs and we need people to make make sure that they're getting the, the necessary readiness care to continue their mission. I'm also excited about the opening of the, you know, the Army or the Armed Forces Wellness Center here in the near yep. future. I look forward to that ribbon cutting, a lot of great wellness services that are out there, and, and that's going to be a great celebration.
1: Yeah, that, that is, that's, a, that's going to be a real asset to the to the Fort Belvoir community and the NCR. I know that uh, Nicole Leth has done some tremendous work there along, along with many others at the hospital in terms of, get and, and really throughout MDW to get that, that facility up and running. So I think ever, everybody's looking forward to that one. Okay. On
2: a personal note, I do have a yeah. question for you. I know a lot of people are asking, and, and I heard Sergeant Major mention that he got the vaccine.
1: Yep. You know,
2: there's some hesitance out there by some people who just are unsure. They feel like it's too new, and 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 so I want to assure people that that I believe in the vaccine. I believe in the science behind the vaccine. Um, although it was fast in terms of, of getting this particular vaccine, it was developed based on a lot of research that had been done previously, and so it wasn't a start from scratch kind of thing. And so, I not only have gotten that vaccine, but I would trust it for my family members and have. have you know, my, my mother and my father have all gotten it. And so, um, I, I think it's important uh, to to share those stories, and I'm just wondering if you've had the opportunity to get the vaccine as well.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I have. I have gotten both doses. I was lucky enough not to have side effects, uh, so I, I don't, you know, I don't know the science behind the side effects, but I, I agree with you. I think, again, a couple of important points there that you made. I, I also have elderly or senior family members that have gotten it, and I think the main point is just uh, it's safe. It's founded in science. It went through all the normal scientific trials that a vaccine goes through. Uh, what we removed is the, or what the companies, the larger uh, scientific community removed is the administrivia associated with that. But but all the science is is there and it, it backs the vaccine. And so I, I would echo those points. I believe in it. I've gotten it. And again, I think I, th- I did say it before, but I would encourage everybody, when you're eligible, uh, you should strongly consider getting the vaccine. It's only that's- going to help us come out of the pandemic
2: yep and we stand by for those who are still on the fence and wondering if there's anything that we can answer clinically about somebody's personal health care situation um, then then let us know we're here to help
1: great that's no, also a great uh, a great point for just in terms of education uh, okay well for belvoir we have come to the end of another podcast so we appreciate your time both uh, Captain Judy, I know you're busy, and to our listeners, any final thoughts? Sergeant Major.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. I just want to thank uh, Captain Judy and the entire team for the collaboration and teamwork with the garrison. I think our two entities have forged a relationship that's going to take us well into the future, so thanks for your leadership. Uh, Y'all have a great facility over there with great people, Uh, so thanks to the entire staff at the hospital. And lastly, ma'am, hey, congratulations on your future and your retirement. And if Steve is ever looking for our group to join the golf course, I'm sure we have an opening.
2: Careful what you so wish thanks. for. I feel a golf game in your future, Sergeant Major. <laughs> <Here we
1: go.
0: laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely, that will happen. Okay, hey. so I just ask everybody to remember, don't forget to download the Digital Garrison app. I think we're we're holding steady, but we're not growing. So we need folks to download the app and make Fort Belvoir your installation of choice on the app. You know, Captain Judy, we'd ask you, we need you to announce that around the hospital and get get some help there from your large population. Also connect with us on our website and our Facebook page for all things Fort Belvoir. Remember to wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. And as always, thank you for joining us from me to you, and now you know.